to The Way Church. We're glad you're joining us for today's message. For sermon notes, service times, and more information, check us out online at thewaychurchva.com. Hello and welcome here to Mountain View Lutheran Church in Great Falls, Montana. Uh, I am Pastor Josh Schultz, and we are continuing to work through our sermon series called Uncovered. We're doing this in the season of Epiphany, which happens right before Lent, right after Christmas, and we focus on the early ministry of Jesus. Epiphany means to reveal or to make known, where Jesus made himself known to the world as their Savior. And so in this Uncovered series, we are learning in all of these lessons how we can't discover truth about God on our own, but in the word, they have to be uncovered for us by the power of the Holy Spirit, that God reveals himself to us in the word, in the ministry of Jesus. And we're focusing today uh, actually on our epistle lesson from 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 through chapter 4, verse 5. I'll read those now. Paul writes to young pastor Timothy, he says, As for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it, and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. In the presence of God and of Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come when men will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, They will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you, keep your head in all situations. Endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. Discharge all the duties of your ministry. This is the word of our Lord. God's grace and his peace are yours through faith in Jesus, dear brothers and sisters in Christ. You know, as a church, we can talk about a lot of things of what we are to do, right? We can talk about community and having a fellowship events. We can talk about having this or that event welcoming the community. We can talk about our, our budget. We can talk about our property. We can talk about all those details until we get blue in the face. But if we would only focus on those details of our ministry, wouldn't you agree with me that we'd be looking at trees and missing the big picture, missing the forest? So what we're going to do for the next 20 minutes is we're going to, as a church, not think about the property, not think about the budget, not think about this, that, or the other detail of ministry. We're going to look at the big picture, the big purpose, the big agenda that God gives to us. And that agenda has two parts. First, as a church, we are to have sound doctrine. 
We're to have sound doctrine. Secondly, that, that doesn't keep quiet. We are to be in the word and know the word, to mind the depths of scripture so that we can have sound doctrine. And then with that sound doctrine, understanding all, everything that Jesus Christ has done for us to proclaim that doc- doctrine loudly, prou- proudly, joyfully, confidently. And we're gonna do this together because we are in this together. Paul is, is writing to young Pastor Timothy It's really applicable to me as a pastor, but it isn't just for me. It's for all of us. God is giving us this charge to all of us. To young and old, to men and women, to pastors and lay leaders, to leaders and people just sitting in the pew on Sunday morning, to new members, to longtime members, to the prospects who will join our church in the future. All of us are in this together. All of us are getting this agenda to have sound doctrine that doesn't remain quiet. And Timothy needed to hear this at this point in his ministry. He was a young pastor and you can just tell from Paul's words that there were times where Timothy was very confused and I can relate as a young pastor. Because just like today for Timothy, there was so much to do. There was the gathering of offerings for widows in Jerusalem. There were helping out the poor and the widows in his own neck of the woods. There was training and selecting elders. There was new churches that they were starting. There were prospect lists. There was administration. There was uh, managing this, that, and the other thing. There was a lot to do as a shepherd, as a young pastor. And I'm sure Timothy felt swamped. I'm sure he felt that there's all these different things to do. How am I ever going to get it all done? And Paul knows that. So he writes to Timothy probably one last time. That's why it's called 2 Timothy. Paul is in Rome. He's writing to his protege, young pastor Timothy. And he's telling Timothy, if you do anything, do this. This is Paul's last will will and testament to Timothy. And he's telling them, remember to do this. Paul says, I give you this charge. And he's giving that charge to us as well. To have sound doctrine that doesn't keep quiet. First, let's talk about sound doctrine. Paul uses that phrase, that term, in verse 3. A sound doctrine literally, literally means healthy teaching. It's teaching that isn't sick. It's not broken. It's not missing any parts. It's not doctrine that focuses on this teaching of the Bible, ignores that teaching of the Bible. It's not one that focuses only on this and then really doesn't talk about the other ones that are not as essential, you could say, or critical to our salvation. That's not sound doctrine. No, sound doctrine is whole. It is complete. It talks about everything. Sound doctrine is healthy teaching, good theology. And Paul prophesies, he says to Timothy, a time will come when men will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. And boy, has that prophecy come true today. We call this religious consumerism. Just like you pick out a restaurant that suits your taste, you also get to pick a church that suits your taste. Understand that if you're a member here at Mountain View, that nobody's forcing you to be a member here. 
that you could leave literally anytime you wanted to. That is up to you. And you can go out and find a church, a different church. And if you wanted to, to find a church that will teach you that, well, you can live whatever way you want, well, you can find a pastor and a church that will teach that. If you want to find a church that, that tells you that Jesus is just one of many ways to heaven, you can find a church and a pastor that will be talking about that on Sunday morning. If you want a church that helps, that lets you participate in your salvation, cooperate with God and, and to work your hardest and do good works and climb that ladder to heaven, you can find a church and pastors that will teach you that. If you want to find a church that says, hey, let's just focus on the essential, the big things, the big teachings of Scripture, and let's not argue and talk about the more minor details of Scripture, the smaller teachings, the minors. If you want a church like that, well, there's a whole list of churches I can send you to that take on that mindset. But understand that if we would do that, if we would pick a church, like we pick a restaurant, one that suits our beliefs and our flavor, the, our palette of beliefs, well, Paul says we'd be like going on the radio and picking out our favorite station and just trying to itch our ears for whatever we want to hear instead of what God's word actually says. So Paul says, no, don't fall into that trap. Don't fall into that mindset. Josh Schultz as a pastor, Mountain View Lutheran Church as a church. Don't tell people simply what they want to hear. Tell people what they desperately need to hear about the seriousness of our sin and its consequences and the essential work of Jesus and what he did for us in his life and in his death and how by believing in him, we have salvation. He says, give them sound doctrine, give them healthy teaching, good theology. And the only way to do that is to start where Paul started in his line of thought in verse 14, Paul tells Timothy, as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it, and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise through faith in Christ Jesus. The only way to have sound doctrine is to be in the source of doctrine, the holy scriptures. And as you do, as you dive into the scriptures, Paul says, you know those from whom you learned it. For Timothy, Paul is referring to his grandmother and his mother. He's referring to himself, Timothy's former pastor. He's telling Timothy, if you have any doubts about doctrine, if you have any doubts about God's word, remember the people you learned it from. And you can do the same today. Who taught you God's word? Who raised you in the faith? Think of your parents, your Sunday school teachers, your former pastors. Think about them. Do you honestly believe that they were trying to force feed you a bunch of lies and they knew it was a lie? Do you think that they were a bunch of conspiracy theorists like flat earthers who are just trying to bring you into the cult? Absolutely not. Those people were convinced that we are saved by grace alone and not by good works. 
that we are saved by faith alone, in Jesus alone, that we find salvation and everything we need to know about it in scripture alone. They were convinced of this in their hearts, in the deepest parts of their souls. They were convinced of this and they loved you enough to bring you to that faith and raise you in that faith. When you have any doubts about God's word, remember them, Paul says. And as you do, continue in the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation in Christ Jesus. We are here on Sunday mornings in the scriptures, not to just make a bunch of well-behaved moral people. We're not even here to, to study it in depth, to be biblical scholars, right? We're not here simply for morality or for just intelligence for the sake of intelligence. No, we are here to become wise for salvation. We are here to get to the destination. Maybe you've heard me say it before. I I, I say it on Sunday mornings that that when we look up in this church, if you've been here before, uh, it's an A-frame open ceiling. And the architecture of this building and many other churches like this, the purpose is to look up and to see the bottom of a boat. So we remember when we gather here on Sunday morning that we're all together traveling like Noah traveled on the ark. And we have Jesus as our pilot, God's word as both our North Star and our map, getting us to our destination of heaven. That is why we are here. And the map that we have, we know it's reliable because we know it's not made by men. It's given to us and written by God himself. Because all scripture, Paul says, is God-breathed. Going from Moses to John when he wrote Revelation, that's 1,500 years that the Bible was written in. All these different people, all these different authors from different times and places, cultures and settings, even languages, different life stories, all of them different, and yet there was only one author. I've heard it said like this, that that verbal inspiration, God breathing into the authors, it's like a great musician. A musician who's able to, to pick up a trumpet and play that beautifully, then he picks up the trombone and he plays that beautifully, then the tuba, and then he picks up the, the clarinet and then the flute. He picks up all of these different instruments and plays a masterpiece with each one. So it is with God's word. Different people with pens in their hand, but yet it's only one music player. It's only one author, God himself. The Bible is nothing short of a miracle. That even after all of these years with different languages and different translations, as we go back to God's word, we know that each and every word in our Bible is God's word. It's inspired and written by him. It's a miracle. And never sell this point short. Ask yourself, who can truly know the mind of God? Who can understand his thoughts? Nobody. We can't. But yet God, with all these big thoughts that are higher than ours, he takes everything that he thinks about us and that he feels about us and his plans for us for eternity. He takes those thoughts and he inspires people to write those thoughts down in words, in a form of communication that we can comprehend, that we can understand by faith. 
And he does it in such a beautiful way through history and story, through eyewitness accounts, through poetry and genealogy and promises, all of it leading us to the same place, all of it leading us to the same person, Jesus Christ. Because Jesus said in John chapter five, these are the very scriptures that testify about me. So that's why we're not going to pick and choose of what parts of the Bible we're going to believe are inspired or not. All of it's inspired. We're not going to pick and choose of what to focus on and what not to focus on. We're going to talk about all of it when the time comes. We are going to have healthy teaching, good theology, sound doctrine, because all of it is built on the bedrock of the life and death and resurrection of Jesus Christ and how we are declared not guilty in him. All of scripture points us to that. But we're not going to rip up these pews behind the camera and put cubicles in. So when Sunday morning comes, people just come in here and everybody studies on their own and we keep quiet like a library. No, because that's not what sound doctrine does. Sound doctrine does not remain quiet. Sound doctrine has to make a sound. Sound doctrine has to get loud because we have something to say. Paul tells Timothy and he tells us, in the presence of God and of Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. Jesus is coming back to judge the living and the dead. Every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. He's coming back. That's why we have to preach the word. Ask yourself, if, if you found out that, that the city's water was contaminated and that's why everybody was getting sick and dying and you were the one who discovered it, wouldn't you tell everybody? Wouldn't you start handing out clean water to people? If there was a brush fire near your neighborhood and you found out that the neighborhood was going to go up in flames and you were the first one to discover it, would you just pick yourself and your family up and put yourself in the car and drive away as fast as you can? But if, if you had time, wouldn't you start honking the horn, screaming out your windows, or if you had time, start knocking on people's doors to get them out of their house? If you found the cure for cancer, and it was just in one pill and one dose. And you discovered it. Wouldn't you go to a young mother whose children are about to lose her and give it to her? If you had the solution, if you had salvation and you discovered it, wouldn't you tell other people too? And so it is with us. When we talk about having sound doctrine, it's not simply that we want to be right. No, it's what the truth, being right, tells us. That we have the solution. We have discovered by the power of the Holy Spirit in the word of how Jesus brings us to heaven. And that faith is essential. Believing in him is how you get there. Jeremiah that we're going to 
read about in our first lesson for today. Uh, Jeremiah in, in chapter 20, he said that the word of God was like fire in his bones. That when God gave him the prophet, his words, if, if he kept those words inside him, he would just burn up. It would consume him. He had to let the fire out. He had to let God's word out. And so it is with us. We have to share it. We have to preach the word, being prepared, Paul says, in season and out of season. That means when it's convenient and when it's not. When it's comfortable here on Sunday morning or watching at home online. And when it's Monday through Saturday and we've got people in our lives that need to hear it. People in our lives that we too need to invite to church or or share a video like this with to tell them about Jesus. It's when people want to hear it and when people don't want to hear it, but they need to hear it. Because all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. God promises that when you hear the word and when you study the word and when you share the word, God's word will go to work. God's word is powerful. It's a divine tool that he gives us. It is useful to learn, to carry us away from danger, to correct us and put us on the right path, to train us in the righteousness that Jesus gives and the righteousness that Jesus calls us to live, to prepare us for every good work that could ever come across our desk. There's a lot here. I've covered a lot and there's more I could say, but I want to finish with this. Paul tells Timothy, he tells me, he tells you. Do the work of an evangelist. We call ourselves Mountain View Evangelical Lutheran Church. That Greek word literally means to be a good news proclaimer. And that's what we have. We have good news. Good news that that gives people hope. Good news that pulls people away from despair and guilt. Good news that brings people to heaven. That Jesus lived perfectly in your place and their place. That he died for your sins, their sins, the sins of the whole world. That this is for them. You see, sound doctrine isn't just this club that we beat people's people's heads with, proving that they're wrong. No, sound doctrine is more like a bed that we put in front of people so that their souls can rest and find comfort in. That's what we have as our agenda, to have sound doctrine through and through, sound doctrine that doesn't remain silent, that we've got good news to share here with each other, here in our community, here in the world. God grant that we continue to carry out that mission, that purpose, that agenda that God gives to us as a church. Amen.